Hi everyone, before we start the show, I wanted to preface it reminding you that this is our very first episode. We were all a little nervous recording it, and there were a few audio balancing issues. Now, that said, I felt like the conversation that Robert, Sarah, and I had was just too good to throw away. With any new experiment, there are bound to be a few technical hiccups, but I really hope you enjoy our breakdown of Observation. Thanks for listening, and on with the show! What's up, Internet friends? Welcome to the first ever episode of the PlayStation Plus Game Club. I am your host, Kevin Garaventa, and this is a show where we pick one game off the PlayStation Plus Extra and Premium lists and break it down for your entertainment, information, and amusement. With me today, I have a good friend from the Kind of Funny Facebook group, Robert Fitton. Hey, everybody. My name is Robert. I'm a Kind of Funny best friend from uh, from way back in, in the year 2022. Yeah, I played this game. We're gonna, I think we're going to talk about this game. I don't know if we've introduced it yet. I know we just started, but a uh, little, little nervous. But <laughs> well, yes, yeah, of course well, we. Th- thanks, Robert, for being here. Uh, I think we're all uh, a little bit nervous. I also have with me Sarah Amini. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me, Kevin. I feel like a little mini celebrity on a podcast. <laughs> I'm Sarah. Um, and yeah, I know Kevin from work. Fun. I'm glad that our other colleague, colleague dropped out last minute so I could play this game and rant about it with you guys. Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you, you very recently played this as late as this morning. So I, I really appreciate you rushing through it and playing it, playing it pretty last minute. Um, but the game oh, yeah, we're talking nice. about today is Observation. This game was something that I had played a couple of years ago and then you know, put it down and forgot about it up until uh, very recently and thought like, oh, I don't remember much of this game. I should come back and try it out. And uh, I was quite surprised. So what we are going to do now is go through a short discussion in general, spoiler-free, about the game. And then at some point, we are going to say, here we're going to start talking about the actual story of the game, what happens in it, what you see, what you do as a player. And we are going to go full spoiler all the way through it and talk about some of the, the really high points and low points of the game. But first, Sarah, is there anything that you would like to plug, promote, or just talk about in general that you're working on? Um. Totally out of left field, not related to any creative endeavors. I'm starting as a volunteer for CASA, which is a court-appointed special assigned advocate for uh, youth in foster homes. So check it out if you're interested in any sort of way of helping kids. And yeah, um, just wanted to shout that out. Great organization. I very much recommend people looking into it. That's fantastic. I actually uh, did some some short volunteer work with them while I was looking for a job a few years ago. So um, that's a, a great organization. Congrats on, on joining that. Uh, Robert, uh, is there anything that you would like to plug or promote? Well, now I feel bad. Because <laughs> I was just going to say, hey, occasionally I stream on Twitch, but yeah, oh, it's not for the kids or anything. But it's please, just for me being, a, that, being yes. an idiot. <laughs> yeah, um, I occasionally stream on Twitch, Mr. Underscore Hawks 182. Um, Mr. Hawks was taken by someone who never uses it, so you know that's cool. But yeah, 
very rarely, just kind of whenever I'm whenever I find a cool game that I just want to uh, just sit down and play. It's mostly just gameplay and chatting. Oh, you know, cool. nothing crazy, nothing too intense. So. Yeah, and what do you typically stream? Uh, typically like single player games. You know, because I know a lot of people play you know multiplayer games on there, and they you know get kills and mm-hmm. you know click heads and like Call of Duty and everything. I'm terrible at Call of Duty. <laughs> and any first-person shooter, any sort of multiplayer game, I'm awful at it. I can have fun with it, but I'm just not good. But I love playing single-player, story-based, you know, very, very deep story games. So those typically I'll just hop on Twitch if I have one. Mm-hmm. And then it's like five-hour sessions of me just playing through a game and not being great at it. But hey, video games, you don't have to be good at them. Yeah. have fun with them. Thank you very much. And of course, today we are talking about an excellent single player game, Observation. Let's get into it in just general terms, uh, thinking about you know what this game is. One survivor on a space station that is very much like uh, the, the ISS in real life. At least that's what it looks and feels like. Uh, you know, most space stations in science fiction, they often have uh, you know, gravity hallways for people to walk through and, and have conversations in. Uh, you know, they, they are clearly just being filmed on a very elaborate set. Uh, in this case, you know, when instead of having, uh, you know, a character walking around, there is completely uh, zero gravity at, at all points of the game. And you're playing as not a character, per se, in, in the game, but a computer system uh, managing this. And it, it's called SAM. Uh, short for System Administration and Maintenance, and you, in a sense, get to play the part of Hal in 2001, uh, you know, helping one person survive aboard a space station. So it's amazing that there is actually no fail state in the game, but through the story of the game, it creates a lot of tension anyway. So just in general terms, uh, Robert, what did you think of the story? The story I was a fan of. Um, I'm I'm really big into sci-fi. You know, love kind of anything like space-related, like video game-wise. Like one of my favorite series of all times is Mass Effect. Completely different gameplay to Observation, but you know, just kind of that 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 vibe of being out in space and I'm you know being kind of you know just left on your own. Um, very intriguing. So the story itself, I was a fan of. Excellent. Gameplay. I don't know. You you can't see me because I'm not on camera, but I'm putting my hands up like a. Eh. <laughs> the gameplay itself, I was almost turned me off. But the story, you know, actually controlling Sam and not going. You're not you're not a human character the entire time. It's not like it jumps perspectives, which I really liked. Um, you're just Sam, and there's times that you've got more freedom than you 
than than not. And that aspect of it, I really liked. You know, the minimal interaction that you have between the other characters, as you know, like an AI, you're not going to be having full on conversations. You know, this is a few years before Chat GPT or whatever the hell it's called, but just kind of being almost stuck was very intriguing. And it did help with the tension. You know, you could see things coming, but you couldn't really do anything to get out of the way, stuff like that. But, but the storyline itself, I was a fan of. A lot of questions, but I think it's one of those types of games where you're going to leave it with questions as opposed to just, oh, yeah, I know exactly what's happening. I know exactly where I'm at, and I'm all, I'm happy. You know, at the end of the game, yeah. you've got questions, and you can kind of figure out for yourself what's going to happen next. Exactly, exactly. Sarah, what did you think of this? Yeah, I'm very much aligned with Robert in that I like the story. I think the foundations of the story were really interesting. And as you were talking, I was kind of thinking, you know, during gameplay, it felt like the story was kind of underdeveloped. Given that you're playing as this AI system, it makes sense that you wouldn't really have any background as to, like, what's going on. You're just kind of thrown into the scenario and you get bits and clues of, like, oh, there's, like, a scrap of paper that has some notes on it or an audio recording that'll give you a little bit of context here and there. Um, so I thought that was really interesting and fun because more of a mystery. I'm usually not the type of gamer to, like, go around and try to read all of the, you know, the little things or do the side quests and read up on the lore, but this game kind of almost forces you to do that so you know what's going on um and i thought that was interesting and really fun but as robert said too the gameplay oh uh, i'm sure we'll go into this more but um, as someone who's a more casual gamer like i want to wind down after work it was really close to me turning me off entirely from the game until the story picked up a little more about halfway through um i was like i have a glass of wine in my hand i don't want to be solving puzzles after puzzle after puzzle that i don't understand <laughs> but... <laughs> you don't want to have to be figuring out the the magnetic fields of a fusion reactor uh, <laughs> right. With, with wine. right uh but yeah like, that... i can put on the all <laughs> yeah the it, it, it did feel like the the story itself was really the the star of the show, and the gameplay uh, was was built around this story. Where like you have you have a bunch of these puzzles, like in an adventure game, to solve that are based on the the story here. One thing that I, I absolutely loved about this, though, was the presentation in terms of how real it felt. Uh, you know, th this really does feel like um, the the International Space Station as if like they they needed a second one so they made this one they made observation uh which is the name of the station but uh you know everything felt incredibly real in terms of like you know you you see all these modules that feel really cramped when you're you're moving sam through them uh at least when you're controlling this this zero g sphere that he has but most of the time i found myself just looking around through the security cameras that he controls and those are stationary having those uh to to look through and move around and just like the, the sound they make the way they feel uh the way that you can uh, look at the map of the station uh in sam's system uh, all feels incredibly real like these would be actual systems on a space station that we have in modern day so uh like the, just the presentation in itself felt real the story uh, I, I did feel like, yeah, it was it was pretty slow at the beginning, and it's difficult to just uh, figure out, you know, what it is that I need to do. Um, 
even in terms of just like regular gameplay like oh i i forget every once in a while that i have to respond to somebody to then uh progress the the puzzle forward did either one of you feel that way oh 100 100 um yeah like like i was you know going back to what i said about the gameplay itself almost turning me off the story of this game is the reason that i kept playing it and you know because we were going to talk about it but the story like trying to find the next thing in the story i was like oh cool yeah that's a cool story beat oh wait i gotta do these puzzles or i gotta do this thing or i've got to remember what i've got to do to be able to do this puzzle so that i can get to the next story beat to learn what what else is happening and what's actually happening in the world yeah um yeah the puzzles it, it it almost i think you 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 said it best where the puzzles were built around the story you know it seems like this game wanted to be that kind of kind of tension filled you know alone in space you know we're telling this story mm-hmm. but then they're like but we can't we have to have them do something we can't just have like a you know almost a visual novel type thing so let's do some puzzles that are are very specific to a space station but not that specific and not not kind of uh i don't don't know the word but you know very specific to this game as opposed to you know i'm a gamer i you know i know what a puzzle is i know where to look no this is you're in this space station we're not giving you any clues you've got to go find things if you can't figure it out i guess you're stuck you know like you said there's no fail safe Mm -hmm. but you can get stuck and not be able to to kind of move on until you figure this out on your own yeah and and like uh, a true adventure game style kind of puzzle like you you don't even know what it is you're supposed to do like you don't even know what your goal is sometimes in these puzzles it's just that you have to start clicking things or pushing things uh and hoping something happens and and that's part of the frustration when it comes to old style adventure games but still i i did find it intriguing at some points and really frustrating at others uh because you know these aren't typical puzzles that you would see in any other like puzzling video game like it's not a match three puzzle game or like you don't have to play tetris to you know turn the power back on in in a module it's something that feels like it was designed specifically for the space station itself Uh, definitely and i feel like also in theme with the space station like the intensity i found it very frustrating but also kind of exhilarating that you're thrown into puzzles that are time sensitive immediately like you don't have any practice before you get to do these time sensitive puzzles that you've no idea what's going on and and i guess that's supposed to be you know uh simulating what it probably is like on a space station where there's no room for mistakes so yeah i definitely also found that challenging and satisfying at times but also like as to what you were saying sometimes i had no idea what i was doing (laughs) am i the only one that looked up a couple of guides oh, for a couple oh, of these things. I I, Absolutely. Like we're, I 100% we're did. I, I found myself, you know, at some points getting to that point of like, oh, like this, I I think I know what I'm supposed to do, but there's nothing around. There's no context clues. Yeah. And I'm getting frustrated to the point where I'm, you know, maybe I'll put it down for a bit, but I'm like, I think I'm close to the end. Let me just look up this guide to figure it out. And then you look at it and you're like, either A, that was so easy. Why didn't I think of it? Or B, why the hell would I think of this? here's the answer yeah there's two particular puzzles that i I do want to touch on later in the spoiler section but uh you know there was there was one where i looked at it for uh, about 10 minutes and then said i have no idea what i'm looking at or what i need to push and then i just started 
playing around with things and trying different combinations. And thankfully, there weren't enough combinations for me to sit there for hours to try it. It only took like, you know, 15 minutes of, of trying different things. The other was uh, was one where I, I looked at it and I thought like, okay, well, I have to find the solution here somewhere. There it is. That That has got to be it. And this this is why it makes sense. And that's nowhere near the right answer, really. But I was so sure that it was that even when I did have to look up the right answer, I was I, I thought to myself, well, I was never going to go looking for that. I was never going to find that. And there was no way to get past this puzzle without a guide. So yeah, it some of these yeah, and those those are... things like the, those puzzles um, almost took me out of it. Like I, like I've said, but once again, the storyline of the game was for me. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna look up a I'm gonna look up a guide to get through this puzzle because I want to keep going with the story and you know yeah. learn what happens. So the storyline kept kept me going. Mm-hmm. Where if the storyline was was boring and then I get stuck at this puzzle, I'd be like. Maybe I'll just go to YouTube and kind of just see what's going to happen next, and then maybe go through it. Mm-hmm. But no, that story, I I was like, let me let me try to find a guide for this specific puzzle with no other clues to anything, so I can just get through this, and then I can keep going and learn yeah. about yeah. what's happening in this station. Yeah, Sarah, were there any particular puzzles that that really just confounded you? I, I know you were talking about earlier how wine didn't help, but do you? <laughs> I think the time ones are really hard. And then I had particular trouble when you are, so as you mentioned, um, at times the AI, Sam, is in a um, zero gravity uh, sphere. I thought maneuvering that was so difficult, especially at first. It took quite a while to get used to it. And then also as a sphere, they're, you know, um, in zero gravity. It's very hard to like, like ground yourself yeah. and get oriented. Um, so trying to find clues and things in that state, I think was just overall very difficult. Um, trying to think of like a specific, mm, I don't know. There were definitely some I'm already forgetting and I played it last night and this morning. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there were definitely some where I was like, yeah, no, I, for this, I just can't. I need to look up a guide. And like Robert was saying, I'll stick with it for the sake of the story because I want to know what happens next. Let me just get past this one little hurdle. And after a while, I started to get better and better at figuring out the context clues and the puzzles, but it took like most of the game to get there. Yeah, yeah. And you mentioned something else where like you you would get lost very easily. And I did too. As For as small as this space station actually is, I still got lost all of the time. I figured out the the actual geography of the station, but there were times, even at the end of the game, where I would realize, oh, I just went to the wrong room, and I this is not where I wanted to go, and I need to turn around and go the other way. And there's a certain Absolutely. element of the game that makes that even harder near the end. But uh, we'll, we'll talk mm-hmm. about that later. I think... I think- one, you know, you saying like it's a small station and everything and you're getting lost. I think what the game does really well is the portions, you know, the, the times in the game where you're in, you know, this this companion cube looking thing um, and you're floating around like, yeah, the space station is small compared to the main character or like the human characters. But to you just being this little this little sphere, everything seems so much bigger and the game does 
a great job of of making you feel like this this small station is actually this massive thing to kind of maneuver around and you get lost which isn't inherently a bad thing until it's a bad thing yeah but i don't you know not to get too too deep into it before we you know jump into spoiler territory but i I think with with being the cube you know that that's how i felt because i would get lost too and i'm like how did i like how did i get here and then i'm like oh wait i'm a cube i can take other routes that you know a human character couldn't take okay that's how i you know that's what i've got to do yeah yeah so judging from this, if someone were to want to know, you know, should I play this game? Uh, would you say that, you know, if they have PlayStation Plus, is it worth their time? Or w- would you say, like, you know, try it if you have PlayStation Plus? Or is it one of those games where it's like, you really just have to try this? And I wish I would have paid money for it. It's that good. Uh, what, what would you say? I'd say try it if you have PlayStation Plus. I don't think I would shell out uh, the money for the full price. Luckily, it was discounted when we played. Um, yeah, and it's definitely not like, you know, a long-form game. It only takes like six hours. So given that, I feel like it limits its value monetarily. But I think it's a fun game um, overall. And it was quite the experience. Yeah, Try it if you can. What do you think, Robert? Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd agree. Um, if you've got PlayStation Plus, and I think this is just on the this is on the extra tier, not the premium. Um, yeah, if you've got PlayStation Plus extra, this is definitely a game worth playing. You know, like I said, if you find yourself getting stuck in in a puzzle or something, look up a guide. I think I used one on like I want to say like the the IGN. IGN had a guide for it that was very very easy to just look at and be like, okay, I've got to do this for this puzzle. Cool, and I'm gonna go on and do do my own thing. Um, if you get stuck, you know, use that, use those guides, but the story itself, mm-hmm. if, if the puzzles weren't there or if they were, you know, just a little better, this would almost be like a, I would have paid money for this, for this story. Yeah. Um, it wouldn't be, you know, like a $70 game with it being, you know, like Sarah said about, about a six hour thing. It took me about six hours in one sitting to, to get from beginning to end. Probably would have been another hour or two, possibly if I wanted to get the platinum, which I didn't. But yeah, if you've got PlayStation Plus Extra mm-hmm. and you've got an afternoon with, with nothing else going on, yeah, you can do a lot worse things than play this game for a while. <laughs> yeah, and and with that, I'd have to agree. I, I really did love this game for having it on PlayStation Plus, but I had, I had bought it um, at a discount a couple of years ago and tried it then and thought like, okay, well, this is all right. Uh, for something, but uh, for for something that I had paid for, but if you have PlayStation Plus, it is a, a great weekend kind of adventure to to try out. Um, and the fact that it, that it is only a few hours long uh, really helps it like not overstay its welcome. So, uh, if you haven't played it now and you're listening uh, and you want to check this out uh, without spoilers, go ahead. Feel free to to pause it here and come back to the show. Uh, because there is a lot we are going to talk about. So here's your final warning about spoilers, but let's get into it. What's the first thing you want to you want to talk about, Sarah? 
Well, the first thing I want to talk about was that I named my notes observation observation. So I felt like that <laughs> needed too. to be shared. <laughs> Did you really? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is so goddamn clever. <laughs> I know. I just like, I'm so clever. Um, the first thing I want to talk about. Hmm, I mean, it's hard to not want to just jump to talking about the end. I guess start at the beginning. Um, man, I just got so disoriented. And I was so mad from the beginning. Uh, just like kept getting lost as we were talking about. Um, and I think we mentioned briefly, like, I have in my notes specifically, the right toggle is a bitch. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. It's so difficult. Oh, my goodness. I kept getting stuck. The map was a maze. I don't think I ever really figured it out. Okay. But at the end. Yeah. But I did a little. But um, all that said, I obviously finished it and I got through it. <laughs> and it got better and better throughout the course of the game. Um and mostly the beginning of the game is kind of a blur. <laughs> this point, having just finished it, I'm stuck on the ending, which really made the game. So one thing. I oh yeah, the find... ending kind of ties everything up. Which, which I mean, ties everything up, not answers every question, but you, you get to the end and you're like, okay, I'm glad that I got through the issues that I had to get here because this ending, I'm gonna be thinking about it for a little while. Yeah, yeah, it's it's one of those <laughs> where I uh, I need to talk to somebody about like. What did what did this mean? What do you think really happened? And you know, compared to what we actually saw, so uh, we'll circle back to that. But uh, one thing I thought was kind of clever was the the game start screen shows a broad view of Earth, uh, and that's not technically where the game takes place. You're not in Earth orbit when the game starts, uh, but you know somehow the the space station has made its way to an orbit around Saturn. And it's never really clear what happened specifically, uh, but just one person is left on the station, and that's Emma. And it's... Uh, first of all, I love uh, the way the, the game starts with her checking the radios and trying to uh, contact anybody else on the station, and you just see that beam of sunlight swooping through the station as it's rotating. Uh, but it's never really clear what Emma was doing when everyone else disappeared and the ship just kind of drifted somewhere else. You know, was she asleep? Was it was it something instantaneous? It's really nebulous. And I feel like the rest yeah. of the game goes that direction. So, uh, like, did you feel that way? That, that like, there is just isn't a lot of information about what happened from the beginning? Well, yeah, from the beginning, you're you're thrown in headfirst, and you know what you said about like right at the beginning where you're hearing them talk about like, oh yeah, you know something happened. I don't know, I don't know what's going on, but we're spinning. And then right after they say you're spinning, you see like the sunlight coming, and you're like, ah, oh, damn, y'all did it. Like <laughs> that was just that could have just been we're moving, or you know, here's here's a light beam or something. But but you have that little little line of dialogue of you know, we're, we're kind of losing control. We're just spinning out here. We have no idea what's happening. And then the sunlight just comes back around a couple times as you're waiting to be able to do anything. Cause at that moment, you know, the entire game, you're Sam, but you don't have any control to really do anything at that moment. Besides, you know, I, I don't even know if you can move your camera at that point, like even move where you're looking at, you're just, you're stuck watching it. And I thought that reveal of, of just, you know, we're spinning and kind of how they use that was great. Yeah. Um, 
when it comes to you know what what Emma was doing and and all this by the end of the game you know I I kind of looking back at the beginning I'm like I feel like it was like an instantaneous um blip for for lack of a better term that brought this ship here at this exact moment and that Emma was the key Emma was supposed to be the one to make it if no one else did it was supposed to be Emma so I feel like what she was doing, whether or not she was asleep or anything, um, was not, you know, not really important to the story. Obviously, they probably would have told us, but she's just as disoriented as we are when this thing is spinning and sunlight's coming through. And we're like, what the hell's going on? You know, trying to reach Earth, trying to reach, you know, Houston, trying to get anything until she finally looks out and she's like, oh, wait a minute. That's not Earth. Earth doesn't look like that. That's silly, guys. Um but I, I, I felt as disoriented as she did waking yeah. up where you were. Yeah. And that reveal uh, of when she, she actually does, you know, get a hold of Sam and, and actually uh, reboots him. And then re- there is that reveal of them being not outside Earth, but in orbit of Saturn was, was really cool. It gave me chills uh, when, when I saw it. Because like you just assume that they're they're in Earth orbit because that's what she's talking about, uh, you know, as she's she's rebooting Sam, she's saying like we're knocked out of orbit or or like we're you know in Earth orbit still, but we've lost control. You know what's what's going on? We need to figure out how to get back in our, our correct orbit. And then that outer view is really cool, just because it's like oh god, what really did happen here? The RU arm upper modules are badly damaged. The damage seems to be localized to the upper part of the arms. I'm going to connect to the distance cam. We should see where we are above Earth and if we've lost any altitude. I think they also really get you really early on with the uh, message on screen bring her yeah. like insinuating there's some entity out there that's like i thought it was like they hacked the ai and you're playing as a hacked ai system at first and i was like okay this is gonna be interesting it'd be some corrupt ai um but yeah I, I feel like the game took a little too long to get back to addressing that but i thought it was a really good way to start the game to get you really hooked in and want to figure out what's going on yeah and those bring her moments are really cool um those are some of the puzzles that i really liked because uh those those like simon says puzzles are uh like they're not asking you to repeat like words or phrases or any or numbers they're shapes that you have to choose from and i found myself to to actually remember what i'm supposed to repeat back to it i had to name those shapes myself (gasps) And, I did too. <laughs> yeah, and, and so yeah, like I, I'd, I'd watch them and I'd think like, okay, it's going to be ricochet, stacks, orbit. Like that's the the response that that it has to be. And the game doesn't name these shapes for you, but or, or symbols. But you have to actually just remember like the five symbols that it wants you to repeat back to it. Yeah, I think I think uh, probably your ricochet was my Nike. Because <laughs> it was like a backwards Nike symbol, yeah. and I was like, I'd watch him like, okay, ledge, Nike, pyramid, yeah. And then I got to a point where there were two pyramids, and I'm like, yeah. oh, okay, yeah. ledge, Nike, 
bottom pyramid. Yeah. yeah. I had the same problem with the two pyramids. I'm like, why am no. I getting this wrong? I didn't even notice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah and it, it was kind of a fake out because those were the only two that were like the same, but slightly different. All the other symbols were almost completely different. Yeah. And you know, but those yeah. two, and and I think like they put that in there to trip you up. And there's yeah. a trophy if going through all of them without making a mistake throughout the entire game. Yeah. And I didn't get it because of that goddamn because pyramid. Just that Same. one. Yeah. Yeah. And those moments, like w- when you're interacting with this entity that is, you know, representing itself as a hexagon, it it's really creepy when you've got the volume turned up and. It, this thing is almost like it's shouting at you uh, to to try and get you to respond. I think so. I think it really nailed its intended effect of like just making you feel on edge. Yeah. I felt kind of like I was in a movie theater with the sounds. With, it's like specifically Christopher Nolan films where it's really loud all yeah. of a sudden and then quiet and then really loud. It was very like off-putting but in a like i think it was on purpose and it worked of course and then like when you get it right it gets closer and it creeps closer to you and then you do it again and it creeps even closer and that just uh like it it made me very worried for what was going to happen next so uh you know those those were great i loved those puzzles and those sequences um but especially that that like the first time you see that and you're you know, you see the symbols come up and you're like, what the hell is this? And then you see the prompts come up and you're like, I assume I've got to follow it. And you do it. And then it gets closer and you're like, maybe I wasn't supposed to do that. Why is this thing getting closer? It should be getting farther away. Yeah. And and you you kind of have that that little bit of dread coming over you that like, oh, the more I do this, the closer I get to this thing. And then you, you know, do three or four. It's, most of the time it's three. And then it's like, awesome. And then it just leaves. And you're like, what the hell was that? And, and then it just comes up again later and you're like, it's just like, what's, what's, what is this? What's happening? And yeah. that first time you're like, I don't know if, if this is an enemy, if this is something that I'm going to have to, you know, like, like thinking of video game terms, I'm like, is this going to be a boss that I have to fight later or something? But no, you, you do a few of the Simon Says puzzles, you're confused and then it leaves yeah, and then you're floating and I, around. <laughs> I also like, I don't know if either of you, kind of realized or figured out why the Simon Says puzzles appeared when they did. It felt really random throughout the game for me. And then, like you mentioned, Robert, it just disappears and you move on. (laughs) Like every once in a while, this entity wants to contact Sam. It still just creeps me out every time. I thought, I wonder if this is something only Sam can see. But no, when it appears in front of Emma, like like it, Emma can see it too. There's just one moment where she sees it and says something about it. That's even stranger because then that means that it is actually there on the station. So then that made me wonder yeah. even more what's going on. It's not something that is just communicating with Sam. It's actually there. Yeah, it's not. It's there was there was one of them when you find it. 
actually in the station because a lot of times it's triggered to you know a certain like you finish something and then this comes up you know whether or not it's it's related to whatever you just finished like a puzzle that you just finished whatever but there was one time where i was just looking through the ship to figure out where to kind of you know what what camera to take over next because as we as we kind of uh, talked about earlier the ship map is is set up in a way where you go into sam's database and you can kind of click through which one you want to take over almost like a um, I haven't, I haven't played these games. I've watched them, but like, a, like a five nights at Freddy's where you're kind of seeing things through the camera and you're just switching through different yeah. camera yeah. views. Um, mm-hmm. but there was one where I'm looking at the map and there's just like a notification saying, Hey, there's some, like, there's something moving over here. Ship and in the space, maybe a bigger one could blip an entire space station from one part of the solar system to another. That's the, the story point that we eventually reveal. So like, Moving on, uh, you know, eventually we get Sam to open up more of the space station. He finds uh, one other survivor, May, who has not been able to contact anybody, and they get her outside. What happened to May after that point? Because she gets outside the station to try and reconnect some of the modules together, and there's the like the the station itself is is in orbit over this hexagonal shaped storm over Saturn's North pole. And it, there's like a lightning strike. And then suddenly she's 20 feet away from the station careening out of orbit. What do you think happened? Cause I can't, I, I still don't know. Uh, to me, I mean, I think the entity, you know, kind of, kind of going back to the beginning where Sam wakes up and you just see bring her. Yeah. And then with other clues that you get during the game, like, I think, Emma, once again, was the key. Emma was the one that needed to get there. And the entity could tell that Sam was not a being, but Sam was a tool that could be used to get Emma where she had to be. So May didn't need to be there. So the entity's like, oh, no. And just kind of, you know, flicked Emma away with, yeah. with like a light, like, like some sort of thing just pushing her away. And with the suit that she was wearing, she couldn't do anything. Terrifying death. Yeah. But she's right. just floating in space until air runs out and she's, you know, yeah. gone. It just says, I don't I don't want May. I want Emma and get rid of May. <laughs> and that that's that's crazy. And and like you don't even see it really happen. There's just a flash. Right. So Yeah, it's just a flash that, that just pushes Emma away where she's she loses her grip and she just starts and it's not like a you know, not like when you see other like movies where where somebody gets blown away and they're flying super fast. No, Emma or, or May kind of lets go and just starts floating away, but you can tell that she's helpless and she can't, she just can't get back. Yeah, yeah. And and one of the things you said about the the like the the hexagon storm that I thought was just like a nice little visual is that the one place in the ship that you can see the storm is through this kind of window looking down and the window like the border of the window is that hexagon and it's just, so the storm itself is a circle, but then when you're looking through it, through this window with this hexagon, you're like, okay, so did they obviously like the developers did this on purpose, but like, was this whole ship and everything built around this entity and to get this here at this moment or. Yeah. The shape itself is uh, the ship itself is shaped as a hexagon. The mainframe is a hexagon at like there's, there are hexagons all over the game. And like, was this intentional to the engineers that made the station? That's a big question. 
Oh, it seemed like it almost was, especially when you get to the point where you move on to the second space station and talk to Jim Elias and, you know, talk, uh, learn more about that mission yeah. that he was on that Emma had never heard of and was really confused about where only Jim really seemed clued in at all. And he, even he didn't know very much where, I guess, whatever, whoever was on Earth up this mission to just get them there and to see what happens and not really inform the crew as to what's going on. So it seemed like there was some intentionality behind it, but I don't think anyone that we actually like encounter in the game knows what that is or what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. That, that reveal. That's on the game. got Really good. (laughs) I like the story. (laughs) The plot line was really fun at that point. I'm still reeling over like who Jim is really what is his purpose like why are there two of him it seems he's the only one that had two versions of him that were present simultaneously I don't think that happened with any other characters well like here's why yeah and and like here's the the confusing part of the about that is that like uh first of all that I I thought the the reveal of that second station was sort of underwhelming compared to like the reveal of being in Saturn's orbit, you know, that she just kind of orients Sam's camera to show him there's a second station. And it's kind of like, well, huh? <laughs> well, can you explain that? Yeah. Further? yeah um, Emma doesn't seem to react to it as yeah. like, there's a second station here around Saturn. She's just like, Oh, cool. They got my message to come rescue me. She like, thinks it's a rescue dude, you're course. around Saturn. You're not where you, you're, it's not like you're around the corner of earth, yeah. you know, and they got here. Like, why aren't you confused that this, this, this whole other station is just all of a sudden here. Um, but I think that is, if I remember correctly, and it's been a long time since I played the game about seven days. If I remember correctly, that's after she interacted with the entity for the first time. And she kind of woke up and, and you could tell that something kind of in her mind almost woke up. Cause she, she definitely felt more like, like almost relaxed. And she was like, I, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm, I learned about this or I, or I saw this. I can't remember the exact line of dialogue. So I'm wondering if that plays into her being like, Oh yeah, there's another ship here. That's she normal. Can, you know, she is, she we told them we needed help and they're here. She is definitely a little bit more, uh, subdued or, uh, in a sense, like sluggish, like she's, she's kind of drowsy. So I, I kind of, agree with that i I get that feeling and then when they do board this this second space station which mind you neither one of these space stations have any sort of propulsion on them that could get them all the way to saturn so you do have to wonder like how did they get here the answer to that of course is on this second space station that has science same yeah (laughs) it has the same crew that that she had the exact same people it's just that different things happened to them like they were from a, a parallel dimension so uh somehow this station got pulled there too and on this on the second station we find files that provide an explanation to what it is they're doing there along with sarah you mentioned jim and i started wondering you know you get to meet jim you get to read these files which say that uh, you know, they, they found this signal which uh, had them map certain stars that all, like, pointed to one specific point called the event point, 
and they had this station, you know, orbit Earth and then drift toward the event point, which was nearby, and they wanted to see what happened. Clearly, I, not clearly, but I think what happened was they get to this event point and it transports them instantaneously to Saturn's orbit. So they knew that they, like, the engineers that built the station knew what they were doing, but, uh, you know, only Jim, of course, in true sci-fi fashion, only one person aboard the space station knows what the real mission is and gets everyone else killed. So yeah, uh, that, that reveal, like once you figure out, you know, Jim was in charge. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever played this. There's this little indie series uh, called fallout and in fallout, <laughs> they've got these things called vaults. Um, most of, you know, some of them are normal, but in most of the vaults, there's, there's an ulterior motive to what's going on. There's an overseer who's tasked with this mission, you know, get, get all these people in the vault and then we're going to do experiments on them to figure out something like this. So that reveal of Jim being the one person who's like, yeah, we need to get to this, this point and something's going to happen, but everyone else has to stay hush, hush. I can't tell anybody like that reveal. I was like, Oh, Oh cool. They made a, they made a space vault. Yeah. Why? Sarah, what did, what did you think about that, that reveal uh, that Jim was, he was essentially like Ian Holmes character from alien. He was the one that, knew what was going to happen i don't know it was interesting especially as you know that character goes back to the original ship that you play in um and feels like oh they're gonna rescue me i did my mission and then they're actually like nope and then (laughs) the entity is like you need to kill him now i wonder to what extent the entity was just orchestrating all of this oh of course planning all of this all along but uh, I don't understand why it was necessary because I know there's all these clues as to what like Jim killing everyone else on the on board of his ship, yeah, including Josh, which it seemed like Josh came from the ship that you start at as the game or as a player of the game. Somehow found his way to the second station and still got killed. I don't know. Possibly. Sorry. However, when you as Sam get to meet Josh for the first time. He says Jim killed the doppelganger. Is Jim talk? Is he? Is Josh talking about Jim killing Jim's own doppelganger? Oh. And is the Jim that's alive on the second station even from that second station, or is that a third Jim, and he's mm-hmm. invaded this second station? Because then, when Jim and Emma make their way back to the original observation, the like somehow something happens and uh, first of all, Emma hits her helmet on something and starts to leak oxygen. And then the sphere gets hit by something and starts to drift away from the station. And you see not two stations, three, four, five. I counted seven stations that you see off in the distance. And they're just, they're peppered all around the orbit. And like, that was one of those moments where I was like, Oh my God, there's a third station. There's a fourth, five, six. Oh my God, seven. And and like that was another great reveal that just let you sit in silence of of like seeing that there's not just you know two parallel dimensions happening here. It's like something is pulling, like in Spider-Man No Way Home, something's pulling everybody to this one point in time. 
God damn it, Peter Parker, not again. <laughs> Just, you know what? People know you're Spider-Man. Get over it, okay? You know, he could have tried to make, you know, everybody forget who Mysterio was, and that would have solved everyone's problems. And right? he could have been fine. But then we wouldn't be here talking about observation, which I'm assuming is just part of the MCU multiverse at this point. <laughs> right? cra- I'm pretty sure. You cracked it, Robert. You got it. Right. Pretty there. sure. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so Jim gets back to observation. Emma is like she hits her helmet somewhere and is stuck outside. Uh, and Jim is now like trying to uh, like shut down Sam, make sure he's not able to move. But you eventually uh, like find your way out through some vents in observation and like make it down to the main control room. There's certain puzzles along the way. This is where I like, this is one of those puzzles that I was like, I'm not, I don't understand what, th- what you want from me in, in terms of solving this. I'm just going to strong arm it. And that's the circuit board puzzle. Do you remember either one of you like remember that one? That, that was like one of the most frustrating puzzles that I had. So, Kevin, yeah. I, for some reason, I don't know why this clicked for me very quickly. It took me like a couple of minutes. Basically, that whole diagram is just to throw you off. It has no useful or meaningful information whatsoever. <laughs> the number that's associated with each code is literally just the number down on the list it is in that um, uh, sheet or that document that you're sharing. So, like, I think... Delta is the first one on that sheet. So yeah. Delta one, that's the code. Gamma is like seven. That was it. Yeah, I don't that, know. That's there's... one of the ones that, that I was like, I was looking at that diagram too. I'm like, okay, I mean, I see a, I see a six here that goes, mm-hmm. that I'm following it to this thing that says four. So maybe I got to do the, the six and then that, the, the, the four and do those numbers together and did nothing. And then I was like, maybe that's not it then. Um, and I tried a few other things and then I was just like, fuck this i'm gonna look it up and just got the the code put it in and i looked that was one of the ones where i looked at it after i was done and i was like there is no way that i would have gotten this of course without some sort of guide um and and if we can go back just a little bit to when you're on the first ship for the first time there is the 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 other puzzle that really got me was the fusion generator thing yeah that's was that what it was yeah. where you had to use like magnets to to get kind of a circle of energy or whatever into a certain position but there was nothing that i at least that i found that was like oh yeah it's got to look like this so do this so i thought i was doing it right and i was like oh yeah this whole this whole like pulsating orb is within this containment circle so why isn't it working and i tried it a few times and i was like well let me go around and try to find something mm-hmm. to you know like some sort of video game thing where it's like, oh, yeah, for some reason, I did this drawing on a coffee thing of what it's supposed to look like. And now it's taped upon the wall. And that's how you find it. You know, so convenient. But there was nothing like that. And there were just no clues as to what I was supposed to do and how I was supposed to fix it. And that was one of those puzzles where if you don't do this, you can't move on. Yeah. So there were a few of those puzzles where it just felt like it felt like they were trying to so hard to make it not feel like a video game that you lost some of those basic video game functions of, you know, context clues and, and kind of environmental clues. And, and, and one of the things that really frustrated me the entire game was there was no, unless I, unless I missed it, which if you guys remember it, please let me know. 
there was nothing to kind of guide me as to where I was supposed to go next. You know, there was no, even something as, as, as simple as like, oh yeah, there's like an arrow here, or you can do like a, like a scan in some games that just highlight things around you to kind of look at. There was nothing like that in this game. So there were a lot of times where I was floating around different parts of the ship thinking I was where I was supposed to be and I couldn't find anything. And then, you know, I, I keep floating for another 10 minutes somewhere else. And I'm like, oh, why the hell is whatever I'm looking for here? Yeah. I had no idea as to why I'm here to find this. Or sometimes it's... Sorry for the dog. No, no, no. Of course. Like, that that kind of thing happened to me where, uh, you know, there's the first time that... It's one of the first times you have to, you know, use the station alerts to, uh, to address something. And that moves the story forward. But there's no, like, particular spot for you to go to to like address these station alerts they're not anywhere in the the physical station they're in sam's program and so you have to move over away from the tab into a different menu that you then select that station alert from and the first time i tried it i just started wandering the station looking for what to do next and i was like well maybe it's in this room maybe the station alerts are in that room no idea and it turns out one of those I've had this one of those station alerts that that really got to me was I was in a room um, that had the like the crew it was like the the equipment to like track where the crew is. Yeah. So I was in that room and there was a station alert for the crew alert thing to fix it and I couldn't do anything. I'm like I'm I'm looking at this thing and I just can't interact with it what what is mm-hmm. going on. But I knew that there was that station alert and I was like I'm here why can't I fix it? But until I actually went to the station alert and figured out that you could interact with that menu and tell Emma, hey, I'm in that room. And she's like, oh, fix it. Then I was able to fix it. <laughs> you have I to have get orders from her too. to fix it. Yeah. Like she had to be like, oh, yeah. find these three things and fix them. And in my mind, I'm like, I'm already, I'm, I'm touching them with my, with my globe body. Yeah. If I had hands, <laughs> I would be like a little Modoc and I would use it. But I'm right here. But I, you couldn't actually do anything until you went through the, the couple of steps to open up the menu go to the station alert, click on it, do the one dialogue thing to Emma, then you were able to fix it. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, so we digress. Uh, but getting back to Jim, getting on the station, locking Emma out, uh, then he contacts Houston and says, I'm not doing this. We need to come back home. And Houston says, like, okay, hang on a second. We'll put you in hold. And then they contact Sam and say, proceed with, you know, whatever you're doing and don't let Jim get in your way. They don't outright tell you to kill Jim, but they do say, like, take care of this problem for us. And then the entity actually contacts you and says, kill Jim, which is, you know, very, very troubling to just read. And what's even creepier is that as a player, I found it really um really off-putting to have to take deliberate steps that took that take like a good five to ten minutes to kill jim like you have to go in and manually shut and lock every door to the room he's in and then cycle the air out and it takes forever to just go through those steps yeah it was annoying every time he shut you down and you'd have to like (laughs) respawn in a different sphere and then just 
go back like some, I don't know. It was ridiculous. I kind of thought it was fun to lock him in. <laughs> I don't know if that's just me. Um, but it was a lot of deliberate steps. Like you said, you have to shut them. You have to lock them one by one and you have to change the camera to like able to uh, angle yourself to actually open the hatch or interact with the hatches. I thought, you know, one thing that I wish that the game had done was had him more responsive to what was happening around yeah. him. Like, as the hatches were shutting, he was just standing there without any, I don't know, there was just no reaction. Once he locked it, I he think at one see? point, yeah, he's just like, hey, you don't have to do this. But he doesn't do anything. He's trying yeah. to... Yeah, he, he's trying to negotiate with Sam to not have this happen, but it's not like he tries to leave the room. He could have, but yeah. he doesn't. So, like, you yeah. see one of those doors close, you're like, you know what, maybe... I'm going to go, I'm gonna go over here. Maybe I shouldn't just be gonna... here. Yeah. 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 But, uh, so, eventually, you do cycle the, the air out of the room, he suffocates, and then uh, you you go to the airlock and let Emma in, and I was wondering to myself, how did she survive outside for so long? Especially if we saw her helmet crack. Uh, you know, what happened? Did the entity somehow save her? It's possible, but, like, the, I don't know. This kind of broke it for me. Well, when she when she initially got locked out, I was like, okay, so we've seen, you know, we've seen now that we've got one ship. We've got another ship where... I'm pretty sure you, you read something that says Emma's dead. Yeah. Um, and then as you're backing out, you see all these other ships. So I was like, oh, so my Emma, like Emma Prime is gone, but I'm gonna have another Emma come to the, you know, come to the ship and and keep it going as, as she's the main character. Oh, yeah. Um, but her coming back, once she like, once you open it up and she comes back, she's, her personality is even more subdued, mm-hmm. you know, and she's like, yep, now thanks for letting me back in. We need to go do this thing. Yeah. Um, but stepping back really quick to, to the kill Jim portion, I was, I had something pulled up here and I wanted to get your guys' opinion on this. The three laws of robotics, you know, set of rules devised by science fiction author, Isaac Asimov. First law, a robot may not injure a human being or through inaction, allow a human being to come to harm. Does that apply to how Sam took out Jim? Because you don't actually like you don't kill Jim, you don't shoot anything at him, you change things in the environment, and and you're safe. And maybe that's maybe the through in action is is you not letting him out of the place that doesn't have any air. But I, while I was playing the game and while we were doing that, I was I was thinking I'm like, so Jim's going to die, but is is Sam actually killing Jim, or is Sam just are you killing Jim, or are you letting Jim die? Is that if that makes sense? Mm. I would think that it does apply that that first law of, of robotics, you know, it does say like he would be allowing Jim to die. So allowing harm to come to him. But it doesn't mean that Sam has to have been programmed with those laws in mind. It could have been part of his programming to just be like, Well, I've been ordered to get rid of Jim in any way possible. This is how I can do it. This is the most uh, efficient way to do it. Exactly. It seems also like Sam's personality is personality, quote unquote, is adapting with Emma's such that like whatever this entity is, like those like tentacles, that weird black ink that I don't think we've really touched on yet, but it seems to be like um, 
a manifestation of the entity, the hexagon. Um, it seems to be infecting him too. So maybe it's not that he was programmed to do any of this, that he's like just changing or he maybe is being hacked or something. Um, but I don't yeah. know. And didn't they mention on, I mean, Jim mentions it. So, you know, unreliable narrator that um, on the first ship where you get Jim two and bring him back to, to ship one, he mentions that Sam went crazy and killed everybody or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I wonder if, if, you know, our Sam and our Emma were the only two that were, you know, you kind of get that vibe at the very end, but they're mm-hmm. the two, like they're the chosen two that have to be here mm-hmm. and have to be able to get through all this. Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's possible that Jim number three, four five, whatever, uh, you know, saying that Sam killed everybody, he didn't kill Sam didn't kill everybody on station two because there's still Jake there. Uh, so, you know, that may not be it, but maybe, you know, Sam number three or four ended up killing everybody and Jim escaped. Uh, so there, there are so many possibilities of what really happened that we never really get the answer to, but it's just, it's one of those things that you just kind of have to accept is happening now and you have to move forward with it. So, this game creates questions that uh, you know don't really need answers, but just kind of hang there. Don't do this. I, I, I can still bring her. I'll go out. Come on, Sam. So Jim dies, and the station uh, mainframe, he like right, right before he dies, he strikes it with a wrench, and the station <laughs> leads all this this oil out of it, which presumably is like a sign of the infection from Hexy, as you you named him, Robert. I love the name. Uh, it's but... a great, it's a phenomenal name. <laughs> it's going to be a good Assassin's Creed game too. <laughs> <laughs> so Emma says now in her very subdued. Uh, mood she says you know we need to send our final transmission to earth and you know you have to find your way to the astrometrics station or like astrophysics station and find the correct coordinates for earth this was that puzzle that i played through and was like okay i need to find earth on this huge star chart uh and you just start searching left and right for any blob that looks like it could be earth in this black and white image somewhere on the image is a five point star it's just this tiny little like five pointed star that looks very out of place for the rest of this zoomed in image that you have and if you hover your cursor over it it gives you coordinates that you can you can select and there are, there are like 30 different points of, with coordinates on the star map. And as soon as I saw that star, I thought to myself, that's it. That's the solution, right? Because like, why would anyone programming this game put a star in this massive graphic and then also add points and coordinates to it? So I, I thought like, that's it. That's the solution, right? No, that's not. The one that you're actually looking for is labeled Earth but only you you only see that when you hover over that particular point. So you could drift around this massive star map for 
hours not finding that one point that just says Earth when you hover over it. Did either one of you get tripped up by this puzzle? If I if I remember correctly, this was the second time that you had to use this little little map. You had to use it yeah. um, just a little bit yeah. beforehand to find the coordinates for for I forget exactly what it was, but it was just like some I think it was the coordinates for the second yeah. ship, yeah. so that you could you know go over there. When I when I was looking for the first ship or you know the second ship for that that first time, I actually found Earth at that point. So I <laughs> yeah. I, I knew you know there. knew what it looked like, and then when I had to go back, you know. But I, I remember that first time I found the second ship and I was like, cool, I know what that is. You know, you, you click on it or whatever. And then nothing happened. Yeah. And I was like, maybe that wasn't what. And then I go to another one and I click on it to see if maybe it'll tell me, no, that's incorrect. Nothing happened. So I, I didn't get tripped up on trying to find mm-hmm. the things. I, I got tripped up once again, you know, no context clues. Like I found that. Mm-hmm. But then you had to go into a sub menu of your menus and do something else with that information. Yeah. So that's what kind of right. tripped me up with this. But finding Earth, you know, once once I found it the first time, I had to go back and find it the second time. I was like, oh yeah, Earth is like the one thing on this map that's a like perfect circle for whatever reason. <laughs> so I was able to kind of almost go to it immediately and get that. And then at that point, I was like, okay, I know that I've got to go to Earth, click on it, and then I've got to go to this other menu in, this, in the menu and do the menu and then do the thing. Cool. Yeah. You know, just, easy peasy. Yeah. I had the same experience as Robert. Um, I found the Earth uh, the first time around. I don't know if it was just me, but weren't there like lines pointing directly at things? There, there uh, it took were me lines a minute. that were pointing at various various spots, but like it, it doesn't seem like they specifically point at uh, something that has coordinates to it that you need. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. I think I just used those to align myself, and yeah, that's how I remembered where Earth was rather than its shape, but. Yeah. And yeah, like Robert was saying. <laughs> I think this is a, a larger issue with the game, but it's almost like these puzzles assume that you've been working with these systems for months on end, and you know exactly what you're looking at. So when they tell you to go find something or go do something, they assume that, oh, you're like you're someone who's so well-versed in the this space station systems that you know exactly what I'm talking about. Whereas, like, you know, right. I'm just a, a a random game player on a Friday night who, you know, just decided to sit down and try this game. I have no idea what you're you're talking about. So that's that's kind of the immersion breaking there. But, you know, that that's, I think, just a fault in the design of the game. And I think yeah. what, what I've said, like, it's it's trying so hard to be, you know, as realistic as it as it possibly can with this, you know this this sci-fi setting, that it 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 disregards some you know basic kind of just gameplay things to make a fun experience. Yeah. Just there's, like I said, a lot of you know you see a lot of games where you're like, oh, there's a puzzle, I need a clue, and then there just happens to be a note taped onto right. a wall that somebody wrote at some point. Yeah. You know, and even in this game, there actually there there were a couple of those. There was. Uh, you know, a little exactly. bit, a little bit before where we're at now, you had to get into Jim's computer, and you had mm-hmm. to find the code, and then the code just happened. He had had written the code onto a sticky note and put it on the back of the computer. Yeah. So there were times in this game where it had those. So then, when when you get to a puzzle like this last one, or or, or any of them that we got stuck on, you're like, okay, well, I mean, it did that once, so I should be able to find something around here, and then it's just yeah. not there which yeah. made it more frustrating than just no clues anywhere. 
it set up this expectation where you would find those clues sometimes and then expect to continue finding them. And then obviously you don't always find them. And then it's just like wasted so much time. <laughs> yeah, I understand that frustration. Yeah. And also with like the, um, much like the immersion breaking and the uh, map, it was like, Robert, you were saying, it was so unclear that you were supposed to go from the map, exit out of that, then open the other thing, open this new tab on the operating system. And then, I don't know, I was like, what am I supposed yeah. to be remembering here? I wrote down the coordinates in case it like didn't automatically transfer, which I guess it did. Um, it was hard to yeah, know. I took, exactly I took a picture it. of my TV with my phone. <laughs> I was like, I'm probably going to need these numbers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Okay. So eventually she does send that transmission to Earth. They decide, like, okay, we need to crash land in the middle of this storm on Saturn. And I feel like it really should not be that easy to decouple <laughs> parts of the station away from itself. It was. It, it was so easy to do that. It, it was surprisingly harder to uh, to shut and lock the doors to to the station when you're killing Jim. With this, it was just kind of like, oh, go in, decouple this one, decouple that one, and we're good to go. Yeah, it's it's a you know, open up this hatch, go through a go through a little little tube, and then do a puzzle because that's how we built this ship was doing puzzles where people can't access them. Why are there little like panels that just explode? <laughs> that seems like a problem. <laughs> when I when I got to the to the end, I had already just looking through the ship. I had already blown up two of those panels. Yeah. Like <laughs> thinking, oh, this is probably what I have to do now. And then I, you know, like you, you do it and you make it explode, and then nothing happens. You're like, oh, I mean, I guess not. So then when I was going through at the end, I had no idea where I was looking once again, because there were, there were no markers telling you, okay, like, you know, Oh, you stuck, maybe go this way. You know, there was nothing there. So I looked up once again, a guide to just figure out, just figure out where I'm going. And then it was like, Oh yeah, find those panels and blow them up. I'm like, Oh, those ones I found a couple hours ago. Now I have to use them. Okay. That's fine. Interesting that you could blow those up ahead of time, but going back to, you know, towards the beginning with the station alerts, you couldn't start on those early which I would have tried to do those early too. It was yeah, interesting. Yeah. And some of those seem kind of pressing. It's like, Hey, we should address some of these. Uh, yeah. you know, <laughs> can, can we talk about these now or should we just no? Okay. Let's, let's take yeah. care of the, the hydraulics in this one room instead. So <laughs> it, it's, it's very, very strange how they, they like force you. To Look, I know that your friends are missing, but <laughs> the DVR is unplugged. And we're losing so many episodes of Friends. <laughs> Let's go over there. Let's do real quick. Let's do that. And then, you know, if we can find John or, or James, whatever the hell their names are, whatever. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm sure they're fine somewhere. The other thing, just kind of going off on that, I was supposed to be in some sort of romantic relationship with one of the guys that they're actively trying to find, but there's never much of a. There's, the only time there's ever any concern is when they start. Uh, looking for him the station too. But then that's just abandoned very quickly too. And she just keeps on going on. Like, yeah. Oh, guess he's not here yeah. or he's dead. I wish yeah, that was a little more. Yeah. The only thing that you kind of get and, and that whole subplot, if you can even call it that, like that whole you know mm -hmm. bit of information, if you're not reading through a bunch of the other 
like a bunch of like the, the the files and everything, you wouldn't even know that. So then when they met and she just leaves him to die, you're like, oh yeah, I mean she barely knew the guy. Right. But if you read a yeah. few of those a few of those logs, then you're like, oh, oh yeah, they had a thing, I guess at some point, and they wanted to start it again and blah blah blah. You just mm-hmm. almost have that little bit of of of, of subtext to it. Yeah. But. But by this uh, point, is she like caring less and less about it because she herself is being infected by whatever the the entity is? Um, right. Yeah, because this is after like the second or third time that you see Hexy, and yeah. she's her mind is starting to kind of kind of come to grips with with what's going on, or at least you know be taken over. So yeah, she sees her her lover almost die or whatever, and she's just like, I gotta get back to my ship. <laughs> They do end up crashing into this storm. And just out of curiosity, I did look up, like, you know, what is, like, is this actually, uh, like, a storm over Saturn's North Pole? It is. There is an actual hexagonal-shaped storm over Saturn and and, and the North Pole. And, uh, like, there are theories about, like, you know, what this really is and how this, this is created. One of the the most plausible ones is that there's just uh, like a differential that, that is wide enough in the speeds of the winds there for it to create this, this odd shape. It's been recreated in labs and it's kind of like, well, here's uh, an interesting explanation, but you can actually see pictures of it uh, like on, on online and it's, it's kind of weird looking and it's very alien looking. So it's kind of understandable that, uh, that they based this this like hexagonal alien entity around like this mysterious shape that occurs naturally on Saturn. Uh, but you know that that's just a, a small tangent that I thought oh, cool. you might find interesting because like it's real, it's it's there. It's just that they've taken it you know to a very uh, science fiction, uh, very creepy uh, direction. So. I, when I when I yeah. saw the the storm on Saturn, in my mind I was like, oh yeah, that's a real thing. And now I'm thinking of it. I'm thinking of the giant storm on Jupiter. Yeah, the red spot. So the entire time I was playing, I was like, yeah, that's a real. St- I've seen pictures of that in magazines and stuff. Apparently not, but it's real. So I'm, you know, I feel silly. <laughs> that's a big thing. When they crash, uh, you know. You, you no longer are able to control Sam at all because he's not in zero G anymore. And, you know, there are no like stationary cameras for you to look through, but, you know, Emma does pick up the sphere that he is in, carries him, you know, a, a, a few feet away and over some rocks. You see a couple of uh, other versions of Emma that have not survived the crash. And that was like just one of those moments where it's like, okay, uh, like this is definitely uh, like an into the spider verse moment again, where it's kind of like, you know, all of these other dimensions are crashing together. And I'm reminded that like, Oh, we're not just uh, like, we're not in our own dimension now. It's not like uh, in Spider-Man where like, you know, he's pulling everybody to his dimension our Emma that we're watching is just one of those people that has been pulled somewhere else. And 
that's what the the event point was i think of like we're gonna get everybody into this one existence or instance of our reality that the that hexy exists in and he's trying to pull somebody to him to make contact and the emma that we're watching just happened to be it and there was i I don't remember i think it was um close to the end when you're looking through like sam's database yeah on on the first ship when you so you it just does more a bit more exposition but there was a one of the tabs or like one of the articles or whatever one of the the pictures was essentially like a picture of of earth from space and there were just kind of lines you know from all all around and uh the lines all came into this um the lines all met at this one spot you know that that i'm assuming now you know was the the event uh, what what do they refer to it as the event point so you had all these different lines that intersected along this one place that mm-hmm. thinking now you know kind of looking back afterwards you're like okay so for for observation 1 you know our observation we had mm-hmm. to get there going this way but then in this other dimension they have to you know they they enter it going from this way but then this other dimension and mm-hmm. everything met up to that point and kind of went from there and once once they were all there once kind of they all aligned almost in their different dimensions they were all then brought to this this final dimension in the saturn where hex is at yeah Yeah, and i know that emma mentioned something like as you're walking past the other dead emmas uh, she says something to sam about how they just didn't make it or i don't know if it was they didn't make it or they weren't it wasn't their time Something like that, which kind of suggests that they too like fulfilled their purpose by going there to die, and that was the end of it. And it was just the single Emma. But like once everything else was aligned, it was like or all set up for her to meet up with this hexy. But then you see the end when um, I don't know if you noticed about last Simon says um, puzzle that there's like a bunch of people in the background, like it's silhouetted silhouettes of people that just keep popping up. I don't know what you thought that was about. That was freaky for me. Oh yeah. Yeah. So you, you walk past all the different Emma's and like you said, like I want to say she mentioned something like, you know, it's not their time or like they were too early. So to me, that's, that's, you know, like I said, Emma, Emma, Sam are the key. Mm -hmm. It just happened to be, you know, our Emma and Sam. Or else the game would be boring. Um, but Hexy, you know, has been trying to get this key to to you know this planet at this time, and has failed over and over again. And probably you know just just you know thinking of it, you know, has been bringing all of these Emmas in. And okay, this one doesn't make it because uh, Josh on the ship kills her. Okay, but now we need to get rid of Josh. Okay, but now this one doesn't make it because may gets back into the ship when things are going crazy and and gets them home so we need to make sure may doesn't get there you know and this one died because it tried to get down to the planet but the coordinates weren't correct you know just learning Mm -hmm. as as it went to then finally get this emma here so when it comes to you know you're doing like the final simon says there with with a giant hexy and then every time you get one, you know, the screen kind of kind of goes black and then it gets really bright and then it dulls down again. And then there's more people there. Mm-hmm. I don't think those were Emma's, I don't but I do think that they were other, you know, maybe other people or other beings from some 
either either other Earths or other planets that were also brought into Hexi to kind of you know get this this you know enlightening type type thing, and yeah. you're seeing more and more of these because you're accepting it more, and they're kind of coming out of the woodworks to oh. to kind of everybody coalesces in the center. That's that's interesting. Or like when I saw it, I thought to myself. Uh, are these other Emmas that have made it? And because there's, you know, th- th- there's an infinite number of dimensions for them to pull from, of course, there is going to be an infinite number of Emmas that have made it and an infinite number of Emmas that haven't. And so you're mm-hmm. just seeing like a smattering of, of Emmas that have made it to this thing. Uh, or it's yeah. it's just compounding all of space and time together to create this kaleidoscopic effect where you don't see uh, other Emmas. You're just seeing yourself like in a mirror, uh, like, like repeated over and over, uh, like in, like you could see in, in the game portal, like where you just see yourself over and over and over. I almost wondered if it was like when it started panning out to show all those other hexes, that somehow each of those, maybe Emma's or like and people that showed up were each tied to one of the hexes and there's an infinite number of hexes and there'll never be like cease to be a need to keep trying to bring people to Saturn to the yeah. storm to just keep tying them down I don't know it's spooky nonetheless <laughs> oh yeah then, definitely yeah. like it definitely drips into like sci-fi horror yeah um yeah. by the end there yeah. and and your your Emma is clearly like like brainwashed or or just completely into this and like their mind is like yep this is I know exactly where to go um, mm-hmm. and maybe maybe it is you know there's an infinite number of Emmas and it's like I know exactly where to go because I've done this so many times that my body's just bringing me here and you know we we do another Simon says because that's what I've done so many times before. And I just know my mind knows exactly what to do. And, and everything is kind of coming into uh, like a singularity. And that's what Hexy yeah. is, is the singularity of, of all of these, these other things. And, and they're going to get all this, this knowledge. And I think we're, we're about to jump into the very end, you know, after yeah. you do that. Others are trying. How many are there? It's so sad. So few will make it. There it is. That's where we're going, Sam. I've seen it. And this is where, like, I feel like it, it really does get into... It becomes kind of like an Alex Garland story, and I, I was telling this to Sarah uh, earlier before she played it. But like, it it feels like an Alex Garland movie because it leaves me with so many questions and possibilities of what's going on, and I'm not entirely sure of what I'm seeing. From the beginning, it says bring her, and then now, like, what has happened? Has she gone into Hexy, and? become part of it and also had sam become part of her and now they're they're merged together 
uh, and transport it back to Earth. What, what has happened here? Like, is is she hallucinating in like uh, like somewhere inside Hexy, or is she over like back on Earth? And is she now infecting everything with that same black oil that we saw come out of the mainframe? Like, I thought of it as like your last point, right? Where yeah. I think she went through Hexy. She was holding Sam when she went through it, so I guess that might have been why they merged it together. And if we're thinking that the reason they like ended up in Saturn was because Hexy teleported them, what's to say that Hexy didn't teleport them back to Earth? Yeah. But now they have this weird black oil poisonous characteristic that they brought back with them. Maybe that was the plan of Hexy all along, is just to poison everything with whatever its influence is. Possibly. And then now it says bring them, so it wants it wants everybody, not just mm-hmm. Emma. It wants you know, everything. That's that's the, the plan for invasion. And then after the credits roll and everything is done, you get back to the the front screen of the game, and now there is a hexagon hovering in Earth orbit. Did you notice that? I didn't stick yeah. around that long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As I got it recorded. I think it's very clear. All right that the Saturn that Emma and, and Sam are on is the Saturn from the universe of the Mass Effect 3 synthesis ending where humans and robots become <laughs> one and then she gets back to Earth, you know, and now she's Commander Shepard. <laughs> anybody else Anybody else get I, that? Or just me? Commander Shepard, that would be great, yeah. yeah. Um, no, but the, like the way, yeah. the, way that I, the way that I viewed it, nothing about what Hexy was doing the entire game outside of you need to get rid of Jim because Jim's in our way. Everything seemed to be like, we, I need Emma here for this thing. Mm-hmm. So I didn't get the idea that, that Emma was brought back to earth to control anything, you know, the bring them as opposed to kill them was in my mind. I'm like, okay, this thing is trying to kind of, kind of enlighten everybody with its, you know, with the knowledge of everything. Now you have it. I'm going to send you back to where you came from so you can bring it to your people. Yeah. And then probably at some point we're going to come back to Saturn and, you know, hang out and I don't know, maybe we'll have a concert. Uh, maybe <laughs> Bruno Mars is still alive. I don't know. <laughs> but, but it was, it's, it's more of a kind of get, get all of your people on your planets on the same page, I you know, and whether that's a form of control or not, you know, you can kind of, kind of think of it that way, but, you know, I didn't get the vibe that, okay, yeah, we're sending him a back so that we can come and, you know, just fuck shit up. What did you think, Sarah? Oh, I was just, I see it so sinisterly. I think Robert's yeah. tears are positive. <laughs> it's just a me thing. But I, I feel yeah. like it's, it's the tone that I got from uh, Hexy throughout the game uh, that, like, you know, you, you don't get told that this is evil or something's bad, but... Uh, just the sensation that each of those encounters has seems a, li- a bit sinister. So when you know she shows up back in the park uh, in in front of a, a bench in a tree and reaches mm-hmm. down and you know suddenly everything gets covered in something black and dark, like you know it, it does make me wonder. Oh, this is probably a bad thing, and I wonder what happens next. But that's it. The game yeah. just kind of leaves us with that. And 
and then it says bring them and it and goes black I, I do love that we all literally played this same game and we've got at least two very very different ideas yeah. as to what's going on and yeah maybe one's right maybe they're both wrong maybe they're both right you know yeah and, and, and who I knows love, i love the possibilities that you can gather from just playing this game it's uh that's yeah. what makes it really special I'm really here with you, aren't I? How do you feel, Sam? Different. New. (sighs) I've never felt that before, have I? Any final thoughts about, uh, you know, the game's ending in general? It was fun. I really think it brought it all together. Yeah. And I like, like you were saying, Kevin, that there's just this, like, vagueness and this openness to interpretation that just makes it so much more memorable, more personal almost. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I think it ended fantastically. Great. Yeah, Um, the ending ending made me... um, made me feel okay with having to go through all the spacewalk portions of the game that made me want to throw my controller through a window out into the driveway, get into my car, back it up, destroy the controller and go forward to make sure I'm still parked. I don't want to be on the street. That's silly. Um, And then throw away my PlayStation. Like those spacewalk portions of this game were the worst parts of this game for me. And we, we, we only barely touched on it, but yeah. The ending. <laughs> when you get to the ending, and you're like, okay, yeah, the story in this game is so incredible mm-hmm. that it makes up for that crap. But yeah, the ending, like I said, I think I think everyone that plays it can kind of come up with their own ideas to what's going to happen next or why anything is happening, and no one's going to be wrong. Yeah. Unless right. the developers come out and they say, no, you know, she's back on Earth and she's going to open up a cupcake store. There's nothing nefarious <laughs> about it. <laughs> Everyone has their own idea and their own their own opinion, which is just a great way to to kind of finish finish a game like this, you know, that's full of intrigue and full of things that you can find, but you don't necessarily have to to give yourself more context. The ending is just perfect. It really is, yeah, because it just it lets anyone read into it whatever they really can get from it. So there's nothing terribly concrete about it, but. Uh, it's it's just enough there for you to gather your own conclusions. And it feels like no matter what, you're going to be right. And that's what's really cool. Because then it, it digs into that theme again of having infinite possibilities of, uh, of all these different dimensions or universes, whatever. And everyone has their own experience with it. So, uh, um. again, fantastic story. I loved playing through it and, and I uh, played it way back in, in 2019, forgot everything that I played and then came back to it again. And uh, again, was now I remember playing it earlier and being just dumbfounded as to what was going on, but still loving it. So yeah, completely. Do you, I mean, do you remember too. anything about like from playing it the first time to this time that was different like, have they made any sort of, like, improvements or any changes, you know, any, any patches that you are that you can think of? Not really that I can tell. Like, they've, 
I, I'm almost certain that they've uh, they haven't patched out any of like the the bugs or uh, issues with with like animations because every now and then uh, Emma's animations will uh, will jump from like jump ninety degrees like she was supposed to turn ninety <laughs> degrees and uh, you know she just you know automatically orients her character and goes that direction. Uh, yeah, there were there were a couple times where it felt like you you trigger some sort of animation that she's yeah. supposed to be in, but you're you're like you weren't supposed to be looking at her, but you were, mm-hmm. and then she just is is on here thing. And I I remember one one little like animation thing that that got to me that I don't know why, but it 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 was just like why did this happen? Was at the at the very end when you're on you know what is is Saturn, mm-hmm. and she's climbing up like a little ledge, and she puts Sam up there. And then she clips through yeah. as she's climbing the ledge. It's like, you could have just put her like a foot away, yeah. just see her climbing. And then, you know, but it's that one to me, I don't know. It's just like, why? This is a video. I get it. You know, it's happening, <laughs> you, you but like, I'm, it's not interactive. Yeah. You could have moved the camera. You could have done then, that. And, and that, that happened to me too. And then also she picked up Sam and started carrying him and he clips through a rock so the camera itself <laughs> just right. drifted yes. through a rock. And yeah, like she like, just walks right into a to a little ledge, and he just yeah. goes through it like nothing. And, and I'm thinking to myself, well, this isn't my fault. Uh, you guys yeah. programmed her to walk through, like walk through this rock. <laughs> just just make her take another step up or some or a step to the left. So yeah, just uh, or move the rock. You made it. <laughs> yeah. It's not like yeah. that's what's really on Saturn. You can do whatever you want. Why does Saturn have rocks? Why are there rocks all around? All right, new podcast. Space rocks. rocks. Why do we need them? Huh? What are they good for? <laughs> yeah, I I think that is just a like a sign of it being not triple A, but you know it, it is definitely like an indie game. However, the the production quality elsewhere makes it feel like it's much more than just uh, a small game made by a small company. So uh, yeah. I, I do have to. Oh yeah, a lot of that. the visuals in this game are are beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, not the faces, but a lot of the yeah, other stuff around. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. some of the attention to detail is really really nice there. Like when Emma tells you to meet her somewhere in the station. Going back to this, like that this happens at at many points, but when she tells you to meet her somewhere, uh, you can, you know go to the room that she's in and follow her from one room mm-hmm. to the next. And it's not like the game just takes her and spawns her somewhere else in the room that you're supposed to be to meet her in. You can actually just watch her go from room to room systematically, you know, moving around in zero G everything is, is animated at this point. And, you know, at least they taken the time to actually make it feel like she's moving around the station as well as you are. So like there's there's yeah. that particular level of detail which is really cool and and I love that uh, that adding to the immersion of the whole game. So I, I don't think I mentioned that earlier, but that's no no, but yeah, that, that's something yeah. that was yeah, it was really cool. You could like go through the different cameras and see her moving around to get yeah. to where you're you're gonna meet her at, which I thought was a really cool mm-hmm. a really a really nice touch that. Yeah, a lot of games would have just had her spawn over there. Yeah. It, you know, once you get to a point and you 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 trigger it, then she's just there. But... Yeah. Okay. So, any last thoughts before we wrap up the show? Once again, gameplay almost turned me off. I thought 
I thought moving as the cameras was a bit too slow, mm -hmm. but then at times yeah. moving as the orb was a bit too fast. I just wish that there was like some sort of happy medium because I, I looked into the settings to like change the, the sensitivity, but mm -hmm. the sensitivity only affected one portion. So I was like, oh, I need to make the, the sensitivity higher so the camera can move a bit quicker. But no, it only affects the camera when you're the orb. Yeah. And and I think just some of the controls could have been tightened up that way mm -hmm. to make this just a much, much better experience. But I, I don't know what studio made this game. Oh, it was No Code, published by okay. Devolver Digital. Yeah, yeah, I knew it was a Devolver game, and yeah. they, they always they publish great stuff. This game makes me excited for what, what this developer does next. Yeah, yeah. Like, learn what they, what they had from here. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be Observation 2. Um, but just whatever game they make next, I'm going to look into to, Or if they've made a game since then, which they might have, because it's been a few years. I'm going to I'm gonna take a look into it and, and give that a shot. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Sarah? Overall, you know, as we've been saying, it's a great story. Yeah. And as Robert was saying, I'd love to see what the developer does next. Um, for the casual gamer and me trying to play this after a long week of work with a glass of wine, not that kind of game, which is a bummer. <laughs> But it was fun nonetheless and a great afternoon um, game. Just a quick Saturday. Yeah. Just, really, really quick. I just looked it up. No Code is currently developing Silent Hill Townfall with the help of Annapurna Interactive. Yeah. Ooh. So that's that's their next title. That's yeah. I'm gonna be getting that. We'll see. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I have high hopes for that one. This portion of the show is the actual book segment. Uh, is there anything you are reading that, that you would like to mention in this book club style show? Is, is there any anything you're reading, watching, or playing that you'd like to recommend to anyone listening? Oh, sure. I'm super <laughs> late to the game, but I've started the Dark Tower series by Stephen King. Oh, that's Slowly fantastic. working through those. Yeah. Yeah. Super fun. Sci-fi-y. Could be um, kind of in theme with this, so... Yeah, I'd pick it up. I heard the movie was horrible. I haven't seen it. Um, yeah. And I can imagine why. They make a movie and then they made a TV show? I... Oh, have they? I think, I'm not good. sure if, if there's a show on the way. But, uh, the, you know, the movie starring Idris Elba, um, you know, it, it was not what I was hoping for in terms of a dark tower. But uh, the books are, are great. I loved them all the way through. So, I'm only on the second one so far, but... <laughs> They're they're great. Uh, you're in for quite a journey. So, uh, Robert, uh, is there anything you'd like to recommend? I mean, the only thing that I've been reading lately for the past uh, couple of months are the subtitles um, in the Persona games that I'm playing. Um, <laughs> yeah, Persona 5 Royal came to Game Pass mm -hmm. in November, and then that was my most played game of the year of 2022. All right. 200-plus yeah. hours. Um, and then I jumped right into Persona 4 Golden on my Steam Deck. and I've been addicted to those games. So, so pulling myself from that for an afternoon to play this. Yeah. I'm, I'm dedicated to playing this. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm just waiting a few more days and then persona three portables coming to game pass. And I'm going to start playing that too. Oh, nice. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, recently I started reading a third book in the threshold series by, uh, Peter Kleins. And that one, uh, 
you know, it, it is really interesting. Again, like to, to be on theme, this one is happening in space as well. But uh, the, the first two books are about uh, a guy, like the first one at least, is about a guy moving into an apartment and there's a lot of strange things about his building. And it reads kind of like Lost, uh, the, the early seasons of Lost at least. So they're, you know, the good parts. But uh, there's a lot of mystery involved in this and it does take like some interesting science fiction turns. So uh, the first book in the series is called 14. It's really cool. Um, and it's, it's only gotten cooler the, the more that I've read in this series. And I'm on the third one now, which is called Dead Moon. So uh, highly recommended. Very good. Moving on, though, next month we will be playing Maneater. And I have not played that one yet, but um, I'm kind of excited to, to jump in and try something a little bit more fun and not as uh, taxing as far as puzzles go. Uh, oh, I am... One thousand percent down to come talk man eater. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and if I'm gonna tell you right now, if you think it's not as taxing, your your fingers are gonna hate you. <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah. I'll definitely try it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Would you like anyone to follow you on uh, uh, Twitter or Facebook, any sort of social media? Uh, would you like to share those? No. <laughs> okay. That is perfectly fine. I really do respect and admire privacy. Uh, that is that is great. Uh, Robert, uh, your your Twitch handle, could you remind us of that? Yeah, uh, Twitch, Mr. So MR underscore Hawks, H-O-X, 182 on Twitch. Yeah. Um, on Twitter, it's Mr. Underscore Hawks. If you want to see dumb posts about music and soccer, I'm going to be <laughs> honest, it's all Chelsea. Yeah. It's all Chelsea Football Club that I post about. So, <laughs> yeah, and uh, for myself, uh, you can find me on Twitter at the Portland Kevin. Uh, however, I'm on there only about once a month, uh, messaging other people. So, I am also on Hive at just Portland Kevin. Uh, I'm thinking maybe in a couple of months that might take over as the leader of Twitter, but who knows? We'll see what whatever can happen with Twitter. I don't think anybody can predict these days. Uh, otherwise, uh, thank you both for being here. Uh, thank you for playing Observation and, uh, you know, making it through those just sometimes grueling spacewalks. Uh, just ridiculous stuff. But oh, they're uh, so bad. Th <laughs> thank you also for uh, sitting here today for the better part of a couple hours and talking Observation. Thank you, Kevin. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Thank, thank you, Kevin. Yeah. Thanks, Sarah. All right. Thank you, Robert. And for anyone listening, uh, hope you keep playing and... We will see you next month.